I'm the Director of Government Affairs for the University. Just want to welcome you all. If our, if our numbers are correct, it appears that uh, a couple hundred, well, it looks like three or four hundred people are here. I do have a couple of acknowledgments I want to take care of first before I bring the mayor out. Um, really quick, if we get a round of applause for our Public Research Institute, they're the folks that put all this together. They did a fantastic job. In addition, the mayor's staff worked diligently with us for about a month. If we get one quick round of applause for them as well. And don't forget to give yourself a round of applause because you came out in the rain this morning. Turned out to be a beautiful day. Thank you for spending it with us. Now, I know everybody wants to use those clickers. I'm going to ask you to hold off for just a little while longer. We're going to have somebody out here who knows what they're doing. Um, really quick, I want to thank Apple Computers, who gave us the laptops that we used this morning. And I also want to thank Thompson Higher Education, who provided us with the clickers that you guys are about to use. Uh, before we start using the clickers, I do want to bring out the person that's making all of this happen, the person who sought all of your advice and wants to talk to you. Uh, so if you give a warm round of applause, Mayor Gavin Newsom. Thank you. I hope you guys have been having a good time so far. Welcome and thank you, all of you. Uh, I mean this sincerely. This, to me, is what it's all about. I had a chance when I was sitting down many of your tables this morning to listen to folks, and I kept telling my staff every single time, without exception, I go, man, these people are informed. Now, without exception, it is incredible the level of engagement in San Francisco in terms of people caring about not only other people, but caring enough to participate in something like this and wanting to lend their voice uh, around real challenges the city faces. And I know in politics we're supposed to say that, but I hear so many politicians say, boy, those people are dumb privately all the time. And uh, I know, man, but those are always folks from other towns. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I can only talk about this town. It's, uh, it's rather impressive. And it's may I say, rather ominous as well, because as a politician, boy, you better be prepared and you better be accountable and ready to be held accountable to producing real results. And really, at the end of the day, that's the spirit uh, of this town hall. Now, you all had a chance, and Pauline's going to come out in a minute, and she'll walk through the second phase of this, which I would argue is the more, uh, it's much more fun, uh, though the interaction you guys had was maybe the substance. Uh, this gives you an opportunity to see uh, what was happening at those tables you didn't participate in, and it allows you to compare and contrast uh, where you are on a lot of the issues in San Francisco compared to the people to your left, your right, behind you, and in front of you. And I think you'll have some fun in that process. But I want to just begin my very brief uh, four minutes here uh, by telling you the, the bad news. Uh, and that is a lot of the things I was listening uh, to at the tables cost money. And I know a lot of you made that case, and I appreciated hearing that. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's no different than your own household. You got a certain amount of money. Uh, you may have a little more revenue coming in because you got a bonus check or you got a little less. Uh, because, you know, you, you, you can do as many hours at work uh, and you got to make adjustments midstream. Well, that's been the case in San Francisco the last five years in particular. We've made a lot of adjustments. In fact, most of the adjustments have been down. We've had five years in a row of budget deficits in San Francisco. And unlike the state and federal government, we don't get to tax and spend. Only you will decide if we should raise taxes. And we gave you a chance to do that two years ago, and you overwhelmingly rejected the idea of being taxed. Uh, look at that. Some people are very happy about that. It's amazing, though. It, we got 44% on a, a quarter-cent sales tax increase. Um, and, uh, and, and what's amazing is I've met only, with the exception of the 10 of you that just clapped, um, <laughs> Everyone said, oh, I supported that. I supported that. You know, we all say we support taxes unless it's a tax on us. And we're like, well, wait a second. It should be a tax on them. It's okay. Uh, and that's the challenge. Uh, we can't do what, uh, what they can do uh, at the state and federal level. Again, we need voter support for that. Uh, that was rejected. And so we had to live within our means. We had to make cutbacks. The difference, though, is... Uh, we also can't do what the state and federal government do, and that is we can't borrow and spend. 
Now, that's been the secret of the success politically, if you argue success politically, of what's going on in D.C. and in Sacramento in terms of preservation, because they're able to keep things going by just borrowing more money from the next generation. We have a legal requirement to balance our budget. There is no borrowing spending that goes in San Francisco. So you can't tax and spend, can't borrow and spend. So you're left with living within your means. Pay as you go. And everyone says, well, that's great except when you have to reduce a particular service. Or that's great when you have to increase parking tickets or increase meters or pay more for a permit or pay more for getting a service uh, that used to be inexpensive 10 years ago or a year ago, and now all of a sudden it's no longer $1.50, it's $2.50, and the quality of that service is no better than it was two years ago, but you're making me pay more. And that's the reality we've been, uh, been battling. The problem is the mayor's office has been making a lot of those decisions without you. And I am part of that problem. And that's really why we're here to try to solve it, to try to get the information from you before I send my budget to the Board of Supervisors. And I spent eight years on the Board of Supervisors, and I thought that that's where everything happened with the budget. Nonsense. I mean, the reality is... Once the budget's submitted, that corpus, which, by the way, if we can put the first, um, uh, first slide up here, is a $5.3 billion corpus, $5.3 billion budget. And what you're going to see when we get the slide up uh, <laughs> on the screen, I'm going to wish it. Uh, even if it's not, I got all the numbers in my head. That $5.3 billion budget goes to the board, and what happens is the board has deliberations and the same 150 people show up. I saw them for eight years. I can give you, I know them by name. I know where they live. I know why they're there. And they really run the city. And they decide uh, where some of the money goes. And you get locked out of that almost completely. Uh, the challenge, though, is they don't really make that big of a difference because once the budget's submitted, you're planning the margins. You know, you'll read all the headlines this year. You know, mayors, you know, being attacked by the Board of Supervisors, board get attacked by the mayor over pennies on the dollar. I mean, I guarantee you, unless this year is a big difference, and it could be because the dynamics of the mayor's race next year could change these things, that we're going to probably be debating less than $50 million on a $5.4 or $5.3 billion budget. Come on. That's de minimis. So the point is, when the mayor submits a budget, it's pretty much what you get. You get 98% of that guaranteed. And then we play on the margin with just a couple percent. So that's why this is meaningful for me, is I can incorporate some more of your idea strategy, see if I'm completely out to lunch once we do this, um, this analysis to see if, boy, potholes were not a big deal, and I thought they were. And you're all saying, no, it all has to go uh, into uh, uh, Muni or Muni. Uh, was the big deal, I thought. But you all say, no, 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 it all has to go into our parks. Uh, and that's really the benefit of this, so that I submit something that has your ideas uh, and not just those same 130 people that are running the city. So let me go back to that first uh, slide, because I think it's also suggestive of not only the challenge that we, you, have, but the challenge I have. Of that, we back this slide up, of that $5.3 billion budget, only $2.4 billion is what we call general fund. The rest are other funds that are locked in to the budget. I have no discretion at all, and nor do any members of the board, on this whole red part. That's just fixed. So tough luck. You're out of luck. I'm out of luck. You don't need a mayor. That red zone, we don't even get touched. This is where we have the ability to decide where money goes. So when people say you have $5.3 billion, why can't you find a million dollars? Well, that's not necessarily a true um, uh, a true analysis or a true representation. We have about $2.4 billion, but now gets worse. Because of that $2.4 billion, we get to the next slide, you will see the pie is cut up even further to where I have, as mayor, and the board has, only $1.1 billion that is, quote-unquote, discretionary in the general fund. So you've got a general fund, but here's what you've done. I've done the same thing. You said, we believe in baseline funding of the general fund for libraries. So we say, all right, you can't touch that. 
Then we say, Muni was off track and you supported Prop E overwhelmingly because we want to set aside money for Muni. So we took that money out of the general fund and we locked it in. No discretion. We did the same thing with education. We're now transferring money over to the public schools. We're proud of that, but it means less discretion in our general fund. And of course, Police staffing. We have a minimum staffing requirement of 1,971 officers. You approved that years ago. We can't drop below it. So that's baseline set-aside money. And then, of course, children. Who opposes children? Don't have enough of them. We need more. Well, we did baseline funding. No city does it. But there's $71 million we can't touch for all the things you guys are talking about. So a $5.3 billion budget, and all we get to play with is $1.1 billion, 21%. 21 cents on the dollar is truly discretionary. Now, let me tell you, it gets worse than that. Because of that 1.1 billion, all the new revenue now, because you passed an initiative uh, a couple years ago for rainy day fund, all the new revenue, because the economy's turning around, now gets captured above 5% and it's put into a rainy day fund. So while things get better, we can't take advantage of that better because it goes into a bank account. When things go really badly, we're able to take money out of that account, but it's captured in. And then all that revenue as well goes into those baseline departments or the baseline set-asides. Bottom line is all the good news above 5% annual growth, 91 cents on that dollar goes into these locked funds, and only 9 cents goes into that discretionary pot. That's it, 9 cents. So when you say, well, the economy's better, more jobs, more property transfer tax, et cetera, all the revenue growth above 5%, 91 cents on that dollar gets captured and does not go into that discretionary fund. So you don't have much area to move. So today we're talking about really $1.1 billion. That's it to play with. And that primarily funds, can you go to the next slide? Or is this it? Here you are. Here's your discretionary general fund. Here's where it primarily goes. Public protection, public health, health and human services, making up a big percentage, obviously about 34%. Culture and rec, public works, not huge. Look at that, public works. Everyone talking potholes. I heard every single table talk about potholes and not much money. So, you know, we got to find a balance in there to do all these things. And that's not a lot of money in a city that has a public health hospital, that has a long-term aging facility, Laguna Honda Hospital that uh, you know, does things that no other city does. People always are criticizing us when they say, well, in Los Angeles, their budget's substantially smaller, but you know, they're not a county. They don't run an airport, or they do run an airport, but it's not on the bu that, that city council budget. It's off that budget. They don't run a water system like you do for 2.2 million people, uh, most living outside of San Francisco. There are unique things in San Francisco that are not necessarily comparable. That's an apple and orange comparison, so it's difficult. Uh, that's my long-winded uh, three minutes, which became 15. Um, typical politician uh, with a mic uh, of, uh, to sort of give you a framework uh, for the discussion we're about to have. Again, I uh, do want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, you could be enjoying the rain at home uh, uh, or whatever else, uh, watching a movie, TV, uh, spending time with your family. But the idea that you came here today uh, truly matters a lot uh, to me personally as well as professionally. Because at the end of the day, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a consumer of the same services that you are. I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm safe when I walk outside my house. I want to make sure the parks are clean. I want to make sure there's no graffiti on the streets. All those same things. We are all in this together. We are no different. And every one of those bureaucrats we love to hate at times, they're also consumers of those same services as well. Uh, and so that's why uh, I, I keep trying to reinforce with our labor partners and, and business community, everybody, uh, we're all on the same side. It's not us versus them. It's not about ors. You don't win by your neighbor losing. Uh, it's about the and. It's about the notion we can do this and that and trying to unite a very diverse and spectacularly complex city. Ladies and gentlemen, now the person that knows what she's doing with all this technology, a uh, person that has been incredibly helpful. I think she works, where are you, Pauline? She works in the psychology department, so she's dangerous as well. She can see right through all of us. Uh, uh, Pauline Velez, who's uh, going to walk us through, I think, an exciting portion of your program. Thank you all again very, very much for coming out. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much, Mayor Newsom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the afternoon part of the program. Uh, if you all lay down, I'll listen to all of your problems, and I'll charge you a much cheaper fee than most clinical psychologists out there. Okay. So I am here for the fun part of the afternoon, what I think is a fun part of the afternoon, because all of you have these great little devices in your hands that you're just dying to use, and you've probably clicked a few buttons already. But that's what we're going to spend the afternoon doing. Before we get started, I, too, want to thank you for coming out this morning. I know when I woke up this morning, I saw the rain, and I thought, oh, my goodness, no one's going to show up. And I thought about all of the events that are going on, including March Madness, and I thought, oh, for sure we're doomed. So I really, too, want to thank you for coming out. I really appreciate you battling the rain to be here today. What we're going to do is we're going to spend the afternoon voting on the specific strategies that you came up with in your morning sessions. And we're going to use those remote response devices that you have that look just like a little remote control. Um, what else do I want to tell you about those remote devices? In terms of those remote devices, a couple of things. One is you do not need to point them at me or point them at the screen when you're ready to click, okay? So I don't need to see like 500 people aiming at me. It'll probably scare me a little bit. And I'll go home with nightmares. So uh, you do not need to do that. You can just point at, you can just select them from your hand. The second thing I want to tell you is that there are going to be people along both sides of the walls to help you out in case you have any problems. So they are there for your assistance. All right. Before we get started, if I could have the first slide, please. What I want to start with is at the beginning of your morning session, you were asked to come up with sort of any new additional strategies or challenges that were facing San Francisco. And I can tell you, I sat in the collaboratory and I saw all of your, all of your information and ideas and thoughts coming in. It was fascinating. And there were a number of new ideas and suggestions that came in. We've put four up here. A lot of the ones that you came up with sort of fit within other areas, other current policy areas. But these are four additional ones that you came up with, things like increasing tolerance in civil society, issues of parking, which we have issues of parking here at San Francisco State, too, I can tell you, uh, public restrooms, as well as new residents and immigration. Again, there were a lot of great ideas, and we really thank you for your, your ideas and your suggestions. Although we're not going to discuss or vote on these uh, this afternoon, I do want to assure you that everything you said in terms of these areas and the strategies that you recommended will make its way into the final report. And that report, I should also mention, will be available on the mayor's website. So that's sort of some of the areas that you all came up with. All right. Before we get started, here is how the afternoon session is going to work. We're going to start by presenting each topic area. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to review the common themes that emerged from your morning's discussions. And we'll go over all of the common themes that kind of came up. And then what we're going to do is we're going to show you the top four or five or six strategies, whatever it turned out to be. And at that point, we're going to have you vote on the, the one strategy or maybe Paz San Francisco. Okay? So that's kind of the plan of where we are headed. Again, um, if you have any problems, there are folks on the sides who are more than welcome, or more than happy to help you. All right, before we get started, I want to give you a few practice runs in terms of those wonderful clickers. So I just want to make sure everybody's comfortable using them. So we're going to go through a few questions, practice questions, just to make sure that you guys are okay. So if we could have the next slide for our first practice question. Our first practice question is, how long have you lived in San Francisco? You can use your clicker. Uh, but before you start, please wait until I tell you to go ahead and vote. <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to select one if you've lived in San Francisco for less than five years. You'll select two if you've lived in San Francisco from five for, for five to ten years. You'll select three if you've lived in San Francisco for over ten years to fifteen years. Four if you lived over fifteen years to twenty years. And five if you've lived more than twenty years. So please vote now. Push the number that corresponds to how long you've lived in San Francisco. One, two, three, four, or five. You just have to press it once. Just once. It's counting, so although it doesn't look like anything's happening, I have a little screen, and there you go. That is our results. Is that very cool or what? So you'll see that 45% of you have actually lived in San Francisco for more than 20 years. Very impressive. And then we have this 18% of you who are relatively new to San Francisco. Let's move on to our second practice question. Gets better and better, trust me. What is the official name of the color of the Golden Gate Bridge? 
You're going to press one if it's Tangelo, two if it's United Nations Orange, three if it's International Orange, or four if it's Indian Orange. And please vote now. Okay, the, the numbers are going in. It's counting. This is where I'm supposed to do magic or something, tap dance, and there you go. So 61% of you said international orange, and 61% of you are absolutely correct. Excellent job, excellent job. Okay, we'll move on to our third one. What does Alcatraz mean in Spanish? What does Alcatraz mean in Spanish? One dungeon, two pelican, three albatross, or four fort? Please vote now. Pardon? And the responses are being counted. I can see the numbers flashing very quickly. You have about 30 seconds. So you have about 30 seconds. Although they'll close it off if they, if they have all the responses in. So again, 41% of you said pelican and 41% of you are correct. Excellent job. Excellent job. I'm loving this. This is very impressive. Very impressive. All right, now for our final practice question. I'm thinking this is the last one because you're so good at it. How would you rate the morning session? <laughs> one, very productive. Two, somewhat productive. Three, not very productive. Or four, not at all productive. Go ahead and vote now. The morning session. <laughs> the morning session in Cesar Chavez. <laughs> I have a crowd. I do have a crowd. And the responses are being tallied. It's still being tallied. Do, 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 do. There you go. Excellent. 63% of you said very productive. 31 said somewhat productive. And we're quite happy to see those results. So thank you very much. Okay, we are about to move on, but before we do, there's just one other thing I want to say. As we're going through this voting, if you hit a number by accident, meaning you pushed a number that wasn't what you meant, just push your correct number. It takes your last vote, if you will. Okay, so if you by accident hit two, but you meant to hit four, just hit four, and it'll take the last one. Uh, if we, I, I believe our final count was right over 200. Yep. And also, I should tell you, there is a little bit of a delay on here. So even though it shows up as 211, more counts get counted back here and it pops up. It's just a little bit of a technology delay. Please be assured, all of your votes are being counted. Absolutely. Okay. Uh-huh. There will be somebody right over to help you. Sorry, I've been told I'm standing in the wrong spot. So now I'm in the right spot. Thank you. Okay, great. I just didn't want to block your view. And I know I'm short, too, so that doesn't help. Okay. All right. It looks like everyone is comfortable with using your clickers. Again, if you encounter any problems, there are people along the side to help you. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn to our first topic area from this morning, which was homelessness and human services. What you see here are some of the most common themes that were discussed in your groups this morning. Many agreed that current strategies like Care Not Cash and Project Homeless Connect were good strategies. Many supported increasing services, especially in the area of mental health. Mental health emerged a lot as I was sitting in the collaboratory, as well as education and jobs. Families need permanent and safe housing and eviction prevention resources. 
There were some people who were concerned about the homeless recycling through programs, so getting off the street, then coming back to the street, and then getting off the street through the various programs, as well as some concerns about public safety issues for homeless. And this was really sort of twofold. It was everything from um, crimes against homeless as well as uh, homeless committing crimes. So it was a combination of both of those. Next slide, please. Little technology glitch, bear with me. All right, here were the top, one, two, three, four, five, six strategies, they're not numbered, sorry. Here are the top six strategies that emerged from your conversations this morning. The first one had to do with the homeless family system, creating a system to help for the entire family to move them off the streets. The second had to do with foster care, so providing services that would assist these youth who are trying to emancipate from the system, as well as caseload relief. There's a lot of turnover, I'm not sorry, not turnover, there's a lot of need for additional case workers who are out there providing services, uh, as well as permanent housing for the homeless, street outreach, so actually being out there and working with folks, as well as volunteer outreach, which is um, volunteer outreach, which includes everything like project, everything such as Project Connect. And our next slide, we have a little pause. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and vote, and we're going to vote about which strategy you think is the most important for the city to focus on in this coming year. So you're going to press one if you think homeless family system is, two for foster care, three for caseload relief, four for permanent housing, five for street outreach, or six for volunteer outreach. So please vote now. And we're waiting. We're still waiting. This is the part where I think I'm supposed to sing and dance. We'll get used to the delay. Okay, and there are the results. So what the results show you is that 35% uh, of you believe permanent housing is where we should focus our efforts as a city. And then we have a sort of a split, if you will. 19% of you believe street outreach, and 19% of you believe homeless fab family systems. Okay. Yep. So the numbers at the bottom are not appearing for, so that folks can read it because the font size is too dark. I've sent the message back. And we'll see what the technology folks can do. Okay, we'll go ahead and uh, vote on the second strategy. Nope, we're moving on to housing. We're moving on to housing. Hold on for a brief moment. I'll be right back. Okay, I apologize for the confusion there. We're still sort of working out the hiccups. All right, we're going to go ahead and vote on the second strategy that you think, ooh, I think I lost, nope, I'm okay. Okay, we're going to go ahead and vote on the second strategy that you think is most important in terms of services. We would encourage you not to vote for the one that you just voted for, but to pick your second strategy. All right, so which strategy is the second most important that you think the city should focus on in this coming year in the area of homelessness and human services. The first, uh, I'm sorry, press one for homeless family system, two for foster care, three for caseload relief, four for permanent housing, five for street outreach, and six for volunteer outreach. And go ahead and vote now. And the numbers are coming in. Am I blocking you guys too much over here? You're okay? 
little bit. I'm, I have to stay within my red box. I'm not sure where to shift to. Okay. So the second strategy most of you selected, ooh, it looks like a very close split between homeless family system and volunteer outreach with the 26 and 25% of you selecting that one. Oh, sorry, street outreach. Sorry, street outreach. Yep. I think they're still trying to work on the colors, so hopefully we'll get those resolved so you can see them a little bit better. Yep, absolutely. So homeless family system was 26, I think it's 26%, number one. Foster care, which was number two, was 14%. Caseload relief, number three, was 12%. Permanent housing, number four, was 18%. And street outreach, number five, was 25%. And then volunteer outreach, number six, was 5%. And if I could just tell the folks in back, if you could sync me back up here. I'm not synced. Thank you. Okay. All right. So now we will move on to the second priority area. And the second priority area is housing. Just wait. Here are some of the common themes that emerged from your conversations this morning. San Francisco is an expensive city to live in. Heard that one quite often. The city is not building enough affordable housing. We need more public education about how to buy a house or how to access affordable housing. There were concerns over density versus slow growth, and what that means was there were many of you who said, you know, San Francisco is too dense, and there's other, many of you who said, you know, we really need to speed up growth. Um, also, we had... Sorry, if we could go back. People who work here can't afford to live here. So that theme definitely emerged from your conversations this morning. All right. In terms of the top strategies in housing from your conversations this morning, they included. Next slide, please. Oh, okay. The top strategies included, first, to expedite development of new neighborhoods like Treasure Island and Hunter's Point Shipyard to create developer incentives for building affordable housing, to create public education programs for accessing affordable housing, and to improve zoning laws to facilitate housing construction. So those were the top strategies, and those are the ones that we're going to vote on. Next slide, please. All right, here we go. Which strategy is the most important to you? In other words, which strategy do you think this city should focus on in the coming year? Number one, to expedite development of new neighborhoods. Number two, to create developer incentives. Number three, to create public education programs for accessing affordable housing. Or number four, to improve zoning laws to facilitate housing construction. Please vote now. No, but... And I don't have that much magic up here. Maybe that's why they contain me to my small box. All right, the responses are coming in. And the results should be popping up very shortly. And there we go. So in terms of the responses, what we have is we have 25% of you felt we should Focus our efforts on expediting development of new neighborhoods. 36% felt we should create developer, incentive, uh, create developer incentives. 19% felt we should create public education programs. And 19% felt we should improve zoning laws to facilitate housing construction. Okay, next slide, please. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Condo conversion? No, it didn't come up as a top one. I don't think. And yeah, maybe once or twice is what I'm being told up here. What about changing the definition of affordable housing? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh huh. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the concern is that maybe some of the ideas aren't being captured and the devil's in the detail. And what I would, what I would say to you is that all of your individual comments from your groups are being fed up to the, to the mayor's office and into that final report. So all of those specific strategies as well as ideas and opinions that you're suggesting will show up and will be looked at and considered. Okay, we're going to move on to public safety in terms of public safety. Some of the common themes that emerged in terms of public safety included... Uh, We're voting on the top strategies that emerged in your discussions. So the top strategies that emerged across all of the groups. Yeah. Okay. So some of the common themes, if we could go back one slide on the big screen, please. So some of the common themes in terms of public safety. Nope. Next slide. Next slide. I'll be right back again. Okay, so here's the situation. Some of you said, why aren't we voting on the second strategy? Little confusion in the back room. What's going to happen is we will only vote on the second strategy if, in fact, 65% of you or more select the same strategy. So that's why we're not voting on the second strategy within housing. Sorry for the confusion on that. All right, in terms of public safety, some of the common themes that emerged was uh, the issue of cameras, the, the, that we must protect the civil liberties and privacy of our, of our residents, uh, the issue of cultural competence. So our officers should reflect the diversity of the city. Recruitment, we must improve and or increase police recruitment. Community, po community policing, so officers should be more engaged in the neighborhoods in which they serve. And crime tracking and resource allocation, we should match our resources to the problems, as well as more accountability in the police department. Some of the top strategies from your conversations that emerged included community policing, more police, crime tracking technology, safety cameras with an emphasis on ensuring privacy, as well as the neighborhood emergency response. So we'll go ahead and vote on these top strategies now. And what I'd like to do is have you select which strategy is most important to you in terms of what you think the city should focus on in the coming year. The first being community policing, the second being more police, the third being crime tracking technology, the fourth being safety cameras, ensuring privacy is a component of that, as well as number five, neighborhood emergency response. So go ahead and vote now. Some of you are jumping ahead. I can tell. Okay. We're just about there in terms of responses. And there we go. So basically what it shows is that 49% of you believe the most important strategy is community policing. Six, I'm sorry, 15% believe we need more police. 13% crime tracking technology. 9% safety cameras. And 14% neighborhood emergency response. And we're ready to move on. All right, the next area is economic development. In terms of economic development, we had a number of common themes emerge from your conversations this morning. The first being that it's expensive for companies to do business here in San Francisco. There's too many San Francisco jobs that go to people who don't live in San Francisco. We need more training and internships for students. Uh, we need to support initiatives like City Build to help employ our San Franciscans as well as we need to per, uh, preserve lo local small businesses. So those are some of the common themes that emerged from your conversations this morning. In terms of the top str strategy areas or top, top strategies that you recommended, we had ensure that San Francisco residents get training for the new industries that we're trying to attract, create incentives for businesses to start or relocate in San Francisco, Ensure that the public schools teach skills for the new economy and create housing our workforce can afford. And finally, increase computer access for all. 
So we're going to vote on those strategies now. Next slide, please. All right, which strategy is most important to you? Now, uh, select one, if it's ensure that San Francisco residents get training for new industries. Two, create incentives for businesses to start or relocate. Three, to ensure that public schools teach skills for the new economy. Four, create housing our workforce can afford. Or five, increase computer access for all. Go ahead and vote now. We can get assistance over here. We have a hand in the middle. All right, the responses are just about tallied, and they're going to pop up any minute now. And there are the results. So 33% of you felt that we should, number four, create housing our workforce could afford. 31% of you felt we should, number two, create incentives for businesses to start or relocate in San Francisco. 18% of you felt that we should, number three, ensure that public schools teach skills for the new economy. 13% of you felt that we should ensure that San Francisco residents get training for new industries, number one. And 5% of you felt we should focus on increasing computer access for all, number five. Okay, we're going to move on to the next area now. Education and youth was our next topic area that many of you discussed in your groups. Some of the common themes that emerged from that included many discussed schools, the need for more funding, smaller class sizes, better facilities. Those were some of the themes that emerged. Others called for more accountability for existing funding that goes to schools. So how can we have more accountability for that funding? Uh, some of you talked about supporting parents and community involvement and a call for taking collective responsibility for the, for the quality of our schools. And then finally, many supported existing strategies like working families tax credit, early education, after school for all, as well as the wellness centers that are currently being done in some of our high schools. So those were the common themes. Now we'll take a look at the top strategies that you identified. So here are the top strategies that you identified in terms of education and youth. Attracting and retaining quality teachers, this came out quite often actually, in terms of housing support, in terms of salary, in terms of doing what we can, whatever we can do to keep them here. Uh, in addition, support increased parent and community involvement in education, so working, really working on that partnership between both of them. Also, improve public school facilities. A lot of comments about improving public school facilities. Um, expanding the quality of after-school opportunities as well as expanding the quality of early education. And the comments in terms of that one really varied. Some of it was focused on preschool, some of it in kindergarten, but all sort of in terms of how do we improve the quality of early education. And so some of the top strategies, oh, I'm sorry, now we'll vote on the top strategies. Next slide. All right, so which strategy is the most important to you? Go ahead and select one if it's attracting and retaining quality teachers. Two, if it's supporting increased parent and community involvement in education. Three, to improve public school facilities. Four, to expand the quality after-school opportunities. Or five, to expand quality early education. And I can tell you're voting already. So you can vote now if you're not. All right, we're almost there. Up to 210. And here are the results. Oh, I said it a little too soon. There you go. So 51% of you believe that we should really focus on attracting and retaining our quality teachers. 26% of you felt that we should support increased parent and community uh, collaboration and partnership in terms of education. 11% of you said to expand quality after school programs. 8% uh, of you said to expand quality early education, and 4% of you said to improve public school facilities. So we'll go ahead and move on to our next strategy area. Oh, sorry. See, this is one of those. My apology. This is one of those where we're going to vote again. So now what we'd like you to do is select the strategy that is second most important to you. Don't pick the one that you just picked. Pick your second most important. So one, attract and retain quality, quality teachers. Two, support increased parent and community involvement in education. Three, to improve public school facilities. 
four, to expand quality after-school opportunities, and five, to expand quality, edu quality early education. So some of you are voting, but please vote now. And we're just about there, almost up to 200. We just broke the 200 mark. And we should see the results shortly. There they are. Wow. Well, isn't that fascinating? Wow, that's really, really fascinating. I just have to tell you, I love data. I'm a data geek. And this is the kind of stuff that just fascinates me. Okay, so what we have is we have 24% of you selected the second most important strategy to support increased parent and community involvement in education, whereas 23% of you said attract and retain quality teachers, 21% said expand quality after school opportunities, 18% said improve public school facilities, and 14% said expand quality early education. Fascinating data. That's the kind of data I love. Um, so great question. Love that one. All right. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next one. Our next theme had to do with quality of life. And some of the topics in terms of quality, I'm sorry, some of the common themes that emerged from your conversations this morning in terms of quality of life had to do with increasing resources for tree planting and maintenance, graffiti removal, litter pickup, Streetscape improvements, including planting more trees, again, um, graffiti removal, litter pickup, can improve a neighborhood of a quality's life. Three, city needs to engage volunteer groups more actively in the beautification of our city. Four, the need to enforce property, private property owners' responsibility to keep their property clean. And then five, the need to focus not only on street trees, but also on the parks as well, sort of the surrounding neighborhoods that we have. So the top four strategies that emerged in terms of quality of life included increase the resources for tree planting, maintenance, graffiti, and litter removal, engage volunteer groups in keeping the city clean, increase public outreach and education on that topic, invest in renewable energy and clean technology, and increase public transportation service. So we're going to go ahead and vote on those top strategies. And we're just waiting. There we are. All right, so which strategy is most important to you? Select one if it's increasing resources for tree planting, maintenance, graffiti, and litter removal. Two, to engage volunteer groups in keeping the city clean and increase public outreach and education. Three, to invest in renewable energy and clean technology. And four, to increase public transportation service. And if you have not started voting, which 170 of you have, please vote now. I love this. I need this for when I teach my students. It's like sort of, wow. All right, we're almost there. We're at 220 right now. Just about ready to close. And there you go. Ooh, another fascinating one. Sort of everybody's a little bit of everywhere. So we have 32% of you believing we should focus our efforts on increasing resources for tree planting, maintenance, graffiti, and litter removal. 26% of you feel we should increase public transportation service. 25% of you felt we should invest in renewable energy and clean technology. And 16% of you felt we should focus on investing in, oops, I'm sorry, we should focus on engaging volunteer groups and keeping the city clean and increase public education and outreach. All right. Moving on to our next policy area. I'm sorry? Why did the strategies not correspond? Quality of life, for the quality of life one, you mean? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Right, right. 
so what happens is, as you all discussed amongst your group the topic, if you will, for those of you who had this topic, and then those ideas were looked for in terms of common themes, and those were the common themes that emerged. However, if you recall, in your morning session, you then voted on the specific strategies, and it's that voting that determined what are the top strategies. So although something could have been a common theme, it doesn't necessarily mean that it made it to that next level, which is voting on these are the top strategies that we think we should move forward on. Mm-hmm. 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 And a lot of it had to do with your particular votes in your group, sort of what you all felt was the, co- the, the most important strategies in terms of moving it forward. Yeah. So our next policy area had to do with transportation and public works. Some of the common themes that emerged was improving muni route planning, simplifying routes, matching routes to service needs. Improve reliability of public transit service, Muni and BART. Uh, enforce fares and parking citations. Uh, not enough parking in the city, which also came up as one of sort of your top additional areas. Improve pedestrian safety, as well as vehicle safety affected by poor condition of the roads. So I'm mis- like a lot of it had to do with the resurfacing of the streets and how that's impacting your vehicles. So the top strategies that emerged included increasing parking availability in the city, prioritizing resources for street repair and improvements, improve pedestrian safety, improve route planning for Muni, and increase enforcement of fares and parking citations. So those are the strategies we're going to vote on. So which of the following strategies do you think is most important in the area of transportation and public works that you think the city should focus on? Select one, for parking, increased parking availability in the city. Two, to prioritize resources for street repair and improvement. Three, to improve pedestrian safety. Four, to improve route planning for Muni. And five, to increase enforcement of fares and parking citations. And 123, no, 30, 40 of you have voted, and if the rest can weigh in. And we're just about up to 100 and 200. We just broke the 200 mark. And we're just about there. This one's taking a little longer. There you go. So what we have is 41 of, 41% of you feel we should prioritize resources for, resources for street repair and improvement. Followed by 23% of you say improve route planning for Muni. 23% say improve, oh, I'm sorry, 23, I already said that. 18% say increase parking availability in the city. And then 9 and 9 for both uh, improve pedestrian safety as well as increase enforcement of fares and parking citations. All right. We're going to move on to the next topic area, which is health care. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a second vote. I apologize. I'm jumping ahead. We have a second vote on that one. So we'd like to go ahead and have you vote for what strategy do you think is the second most important to you? So, again, do not select the one you just selected. Pick your second most important. So one would be increased parking availability in the city. Two, prioritize resources for street repair and improvements. Three, improve pedestrian safety. Three, uh, sorry, four, improve route planning for Muni. And five, increase enforcement of fares and parking citations. And go ahead and vote now and join the 180 of you who have already. Oh, much quicker on the second strategy. We're up to 220 already. And here are the results. Wow. Wow. Another fascinating one. So, again, we have 27% of you who thought we should prioritize resources, so that continues to be a good topic, a main topic. 24% of you said increase parking availability in the city as well as improve route planning for Muni, another 24% of you. 15% of you said improve pedestrian safety, and 10% of you said increase enforcement affairs and parking citations. So that one jumped up a little bit. All right, we will move on to our next policy area, and our next policy area is health care. Some of the common themes that emerged in terms of health care included universal health insurance is too expensive for the city government to afford. We need, for expanded, we need expanded clinic office hours. 
We need more collaboration with private sector. We need more preventative care services. And we need to improve the conditions and services at our neighborhood clinics. So those are some of the common themes that emerged. The top strategies that emerged from your groups included increase hours and locations of health clinics, make San Francisco General seismically safe, target health programs for children and seniors, and expand public education about free and low-cost health programs. So we're going to go ahead and vote on those four strategies. So which strategy is the most important to you? Increase the hours and locations of health clinics, number one. Two, make San Francisco General seismically safe. Three, target health programs for children and seniors. And four, expand public education about free and low-cost health programs. If you haven't voted now, please join the 150 of you who have already joined, voted. And we're up to over 200 now. <laughs> no biasing the results. <laughs> All right. And, oh, very interesting. Very, very interesting. This is the data I love. Okay. So we had sort of a split 28% of you increase hours and locations of health clinics, as well as 28% of you saying expand public education about free and low-cost health programs. 25% of you said to make San Francisco General seismically safe, and 20% of you said to target health programs for children and seniors. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Our last policy area for the afternoon is government reform and service. Some of the common themes that emerged from your groups include strong support for the 311 call center, some wondered, though, if it will be effective. Others want to ensure that there is language access for all. Many agreed with additional civil service reforms for accountability and, respons and responsibility, while as others suggested incentives to attract and retain quality city workers. And finally, support for existing strategies such as FSSTAT for improving government accountability and managing things like overtime. So uh, the top strategies that your group submitted involved the 311 call center, SF stat performance reporting, so that issue of accountability and responsibility, civil service accountability, as well as attract and retain quality city workers. So we're going to vote on those strategies now. So which strategy do you think is most important? Vote number, press number one for the 311 call center, two for SF stat Performance reporting, three, for civil service accountability, four, to attract and retain quality city workers. If you haven't voted now, please join the 170 of you who have. SF stat performance reporting, it's, it's a system to manage, uh, the re to manage the accountability of resources and how those resources are used. So it's kind of accountability and responsibility for the city offices. And, wow, we had 41% of you focus on, believe the most important strategy is civil, civil service accountability, followed by 24% of you selecting the 311 call center, 21% of you selecting attract and retain, retain quality city workers, and 15% of you selecting the SF stat performance reporting system. And they would like a second vote. So which strategy is second most important to you? And we'll have you vote one more time. Please, again, do not select the strategy you just selected. Please select your second most important strategy. One for 311, two for SF stat, three for civil service accountability, four to attract and retain, retain quality city workers. Please vote now. I might disappear if you do that. <laughs> All right, we're up to 220. There we go. 
There are the results. So 31% of you focusing on SF stat performance reporting, 30% of you focusing on civil service accountability, 27% of you focusing on attracting and retaining quality city workers, and 12% of you focusing on the 311 call center. Excellent job. That is our last strategy. Excellent, excellent job. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I have um, a couple of comments. First of all, I just want to thank you for allowing me to be part of this process today. Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm sort of a researcher by heart, so I can't wait to play with the data, um, both qualitative as well as quantitative, so everything you said in your groups as well as all of the reporting that came back. Before you leave, we're going to bring the mayor back up to offer some closing words to you. Oh, sorry, my ear. That's not true. What we're going to do is... We are going to give you a couple pieces of advice before you take off. Uh, the first thing is those wonderful clickers, we'd like them back. I'm not sure what you could do with them at home, to be honest. So we would like them back. So we have boxes as you're exiting. They're called clicker boxes. And if you could just drop it right in there, that would be great. In addition, what I'd like to tell you is if you need a Muni token.